Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Hello and welcome to this week's Countryside, here with Simon Clark and Kiri Kermode. And you've been throwing your leg over the horses, have you? No, no. I can't ride a horse, unfortunately. Oh. But I caught up with a very good jockey, Abby Corlett, and her mum, Suzanne Corlett, from Boldrine, on their return home from the Horse of the Year show. Yeah, and it's it's a marvellous, really, with such... We talk about it in sport, don't we, with, for such a small island. We do so well, and... The success we've had in in carriage drive and all sorts of things and show jumping cross country off the Isle of Man, you know, and people representing in the in the Olympics and the GB squads, you know, getting on the fringes of that. Certainly are. And it's it's and the logistics of it, like Abby will tell us in the in the program, is just horrendous, isn't it? It is getting off the Isle of Man. You know, it's got to be a calm sea, gale, under gale force four or five, and some days here the the sea is really rough, isn't it? So they wait days before they can actually get off, and then a long trip down the motorways as well. So it's quite an expensive trip, really, each time. It will be. Not going to affect the chrysanthemums, though, because uh, I was at the uh, two-day 59th annual chrysanthemum show at the Morton Hall in Castletown and uh, say there was lots of uh, confectionery, preserves, all sorts of things, you know, that people have homemade. But the main focus was, of course, on the flowers, the chrysanthemum society, very, very proud of their annual show. And uh, a lot of... um, Fierce competition in it, really. Oh, yes. And uh, lots of secrets that aren't shared. <laughs> Definitely not. But to have the chance to buy them, though, Simon, at the end of the day is is a real luxury as well because they are absolutely beautiful. Oh, I might have a couple still at home. I'll bring you one in. <laughs> <laughs> and also uh, the worry, of course, uh, with that news that um, there's been some ash trees uh, cut down and removed from the Balaf plantation at the north of the Isle of Man plus some um, Christmas trees uh, have been took as well so it's uh, quite worrying and I spoke to the director of forestry amenity and lands on the Isle of Man Andrew Sidebottom to find out the seriousness of this nature of course they've had lots of worries over recent years with the diseases that they've had and they're trying to contain them in the forest and obviously people just going in and dragging trees out it's not going to help things and of course not going to help them further in uh, the amenity side of the forest for for public use is it well this is it it's spreading that disease it's very contagious and you know they've, they've tried with all their might to stop it and um, get on top of it and whatnot and this is just really undermining them it's not very fair nope so let's hear it in detail on this week's countryside manx radio's countryside is brought to you by nfu mutual The Isle of Man has many successful horse enthusiasts. I caught up with one recently, Abby Corlett, on her return from the Horse of the Year show to find out where it all began. Started on lead rein up at Conrenny riding Michelle Hargreaves' ponies. Mish used to lead, lead me in competitions. I think I first competed off-island on one of her ponies on the lead rein when I was 10. Now, a lot of hard work goes into these horses, and at that age as well, were you ever frightened? Um, no, I had a fall when I was eight, and I broke my pelvis. And I did lose my confidence jumping when I came back from that fall. I had a really good pony after that, and once he got my confidence back, it wasn't. it's never really been an issue, no. And you've certainly had a, a dream year this year. It's just gone from strength to strength. Yeah, this year's been pretty unbelievable, to be fair. I mean, previous years I've won some brilliant things, but this year on a horse that I've produced myself from nothing to qualify for the Royal International and Horse of the Year show in his first year of showing is unbelievable. And then to actually be placed at Royal International and then do so well at Horse of the Year show as well, 
Yeah, it's just a complete dream come true. The Horse of the Year show is like a dream for any young girl, but you're following in big footsteps with your mum. Suzanne, you went many years ago when it was at Wembley. Yes, I did, yes, yeah. Back in the 90s, I qualified a horse and took her there to the newcomers final. And then I took another horse, of a Karenny horse of Pat Osborne's from Karenny that were all homebred horses and brought on, broken in and brought on by myself. And uh, I took her there twice as well. So to see your daughter come through and carry on in the, the spirit of the horse must be absolutely fantastic feeling. Oh, yes, yeah, very proud. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's smashing. But to see her actually breaking the youngsters as well, picking them and, and you know, following right the way through, yeah. it's something that not every girl can do. No, it's uh, quite an achievement doing it on, on something that you've brought on from nothing. It is, yeah, it's good. But it hasn't been plain sailing though, Abby. You've had a bit of unlucky times with horses through the last few years. Yeah, um... Because I enjoy producing the young horses, we get them at either three, four, five years old where they've done nothing, they're a total blank canvas and then of course you teach them everything they know. I first had a horse called Spud, he was found over here just on our doorstep. I fell in love with him and we ended up buying him and I produced him for three years, then unfortunately he he had a an infection that inter- attacked the aorta on his heart, which of it course... Yeah, he had heart problems and then, of course, he can't be ridden and he would never have lived the life that he would have loved jumping and doing everything. So we had to have him put down then. And then to bring me back from that, I came across Lippy, who Michelle Hargreaves gave me the opportunity to break her in. She was the most phenomenal horse. And again, I produced her for three years to get her to a high level and we won loads and loads of things and was actually aiming her at Royal International and Horse of the Year show the year and then one day in beautiful day in May she was out in the field and broke her leg. Oh, as simple as that is just all gone in a flash but what makes you come back and you know do it all over again with another youngster you have to go and pick one and bring it on? Just love doing it. <laughs> just I enjoy every day seeing them improve and when you do it yourself you have no problems from any other rider there's no problems brought forward from any other relationship they literally know what you yeah. know and you are such a partnership that you just have to think something and it happens and it's so much easier on a horse that you've produced yourself than it is on, on a horse that's been ridden by oh, other yeah. people and you do all various disciplines though it's not just show jumping no no well I'll do anything as long as I'm riding I don't do quite so much dressage dressage is something that I would do if I had a horse that was it's easy to train and it's yeah. very easy to do but I just love the thrill of jumping so show jumping would be something that I would probably be if I had to pick would be my main discipline that I would go down I love eventing just purely for the you've got the dressage show jumping and cross country all into one discipline and I've got a horse at the moment blue who's absolutely brilliant at that and I'm trying to push him up the levels and then of course the show in this year has taken its priority really with Smurf I don't really know why (laughs) that it's hard because it's jumping and then you've got to be show yourself off as well basically and Smurf just seems to be the type to do it and when you've got one that's perfect to type it's just nice to do it and then you do tend to do well while you're there and enjoy it so yeah, yeah it's, it all works hand in hand then yeah but also he went to the hoys how old is he he's seven did he really enjoy it with the bright lights a lot of crowd how did he feel day by day he's a very very cocky uh, character <laughs> shall we say he's a bit of a nightmare and he just thinks he is the bee's knees he thinks he's the king 
And I had exercised him in the arena at Horse of the Year show and he was his usual self. He was absolutely spot on, you know, winking at the crowd. And, you know, <laughs> he was fine. Real showman. Oh, he's proper showman. And then when the competition day came and the atmosphere, the jumps came in the arena and the crowds, they're so close and they're so noisy. They don't seem to sit in silence and watch. They <laughs> seem to chat. He went in and he thought it was like the exercise days and then all of a sudden he the bright lights hit him he was very shell-shocked it took a little bit of persuasion to get him going and then once he got going and he did settle down eventually but it's quite hard Mm. on a horse that usually nothing phases him he's very confident and then when something does and you have to ride him differently obviously he doesn't know why you're riding him differently either so it was things it took him a little while to settle but once he did he was back to his usual self and he was fine and through the winter will you take him to local shows here or is there there not much on till next spring maybe there's plenty on over here you know a few different venues um he'll be out most weekends i was sort of thinking about giving them a holiday but he's not really done that much this year well he's done great things in what he has done but he feels fresh and he feels ready for to carry on through the winter and then I suppose after Christmas we'll start planning trips for next year when more qualifiers for Royal International and Horse of the Year show and uh, I suppose first trip will probably be about March time. So for you Suzanne was the Horse of the Year competition a lot different from when you were there? Uh, well, Abby's doing did work in Hunters this year, and I actually went for show jumping. My game is that if you have a fence down, well, you know exactly where you are. As far as Abby is concerned, basically, if you can jump a clear round, you get maximum points, but then you have to do a show, and you get marked on your show. You get marked on the horse's manners. You get marked on your turnout and everything, so it's the confirmation of the horse. It's all, all a little bit different, and it's the judge's opinion. That judge has to really like you, so uh, it's a bit different, yeah. But you girls seem to be going from strength to strength, and obviously next year a lot of trips planned away, and obviously with the youngsters as well, it's going to be a big learning curve for them. Any more goals, Abby? I think you need to have the horse before you can say that, because like, like I know too well, they can just be taken away from you. So I had lots of ideas of what I thought I could do with them. So I have goals that I think are achievable, like my... Blue, I'd like to move him up another level with his eventing next year, which I know he's capable of. And then with Smurf, I'd like to go to qualify, to go to Royal International Hickstead and obviously Horse of the Year show and just do as well as he's done this year, to be fair. Still at eight years old next year, he'll still be very young. So to equal what he did at Royal International would be brilliant. And then to actually place at Horse of the Year show, I suppose, would be the next step rather than just going like for the... Experience. experience of it yeah so getting a place there would be, probably be my biggest thing with him next year that was abby and suzanne call it people don't realize Kerry, the, the expenses involved the amount of times that they're away just to try and get to the top isn't it oh yeah the ferry the the drama of getting off the isle of man for the the wind as well you know they've got to be below a gale force four or five to travel and um they were waiting days before they took off for the horse of the year final this year and they were worried they were, weren't actually going to make it but obviously once they set sail then it's a long journey all the way down there and diesel and staying over and whatnot it's uh yeah not for the faint-hearted no and i know some of them that i've spoken to in the past for countryside in in various equestrian events from uh, the trap horses and and the you know show jumping and things like that and cross countries uh, some of them you know they got too expensive that they'd have to use a horse over there but obviously not ideal because you want the horse you used to ride well, all the it. time isn't it you want that connection between the horse and the rider and and like abby said they do leave them in the uk some of the pony clubs and um but it, it again runs up expense you know for stable 
livery and whatnot. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's a big undertaking to compete in the UK. It is. What do you know about flowers? I do love flowers. They are gorgeous. Yeah, but the sheep tend to eat ours at home, unfortunately. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Well, there was a big annual two-day chrysanthemum show held at the Morton Hall in Castletown. And I went along amongst all the vegetables, confectionery, preserves, photography awards that were there. The main item on the agenda was, of course, the chrysanthemums. And I spoke to some of the people involved to find out how the numbers had been. Well, June Guild Treasury, what's the standard been like? It's been very good again this year. Some strong exhibits and it's been nice to see more pot plants, which we're usually short of. But overall, the exhibits have been good. You know, the boys at the end always seem to pull through. And of course, we shouldn't forget the veg and the ladies that produce the confectionery. Generally ladies, not always. And of course, the big improvement this year has been in the photography section, actually, which we've encouraged our own society members to have a go so hopefully that will be increased again next year and the chrysanthemum it's an unusual flower when you see it though isn't it it's, it's like nothing else well the trouble is it there's that many different varieties from incurving to decorative to what they call singles and of course the, the plants the charms and it's a long growing season you know these boys will have been at it from maybe the beginning of february right through to now day in day out water and feeding moving them from pot to pot it doesn't happen by accident so you know, these guys are good it's not a sort of flower then you can you can plant and then leave for a few months comes out and that's the end of it well you can get varieties that do that mm. that you just stick in the garden and forget but the, the stuff you're seeing here today is stuff that needs care from february right through to now they'll go in the greenhouse about the end of september because you don't want the flowers getting wet and dampened off the greenhouse just gives them a bit of shelter really so how has it been over the years the the amount of people that's exhibiting them well i think if you go right back to the start this is the 59th isn't yeah it? i mean obviously i wasn't involved but there are people here that were you know like i think you're going to talk to john corker he's been more or less at the start jimmy oates unfortunately jimmy is not here today he's not well at the moment or not well enough to come and bill mizzen these guys have been at it from the start, and, and Michael, who's done well today, his father was more or less at the start, my father was at the start, and it's been highs and lows, really. The, the, the golden years were the, were the 60s and 70s. Then it has petered out, and really now, anybody who wants to grow a present, get in touch with us, and we'll give them a hand as best we can. The more the merrier, because we want to keep the show going. Well, John Corkish, you'll have seen many a chrysanthemum show, wouldn't you? I certainly have. The very first one, I was a bit shy to win. I'd never been to a flower show in my life. And I was peeping through the classroom windows at Russian school. And you know, in the finish up, I picked up courage and I went in. It was a show at that time. The hall was, was chock and block. There was two or three classrooms with flowers. There was a classroom with nothing else, full with vegetables. And since that show, I don't think I've missed a show that I haven't put something in. Wow. And this is its 59th year. Yes. Well, so 58 of them I've exhibited. I'm not saying I've won things, but I have <laughs> exhibited. Occasionally, two, I think it was two years ago, I just happened to... I've been growing consent for a long time, but only mainly for home. And But two years ago, there was a few that I thought would qualify and I brought I brought them and I asked the boy, oh I stick them in and damn me I won. <laughs> I, I had two firsts and I had a pot plant 
And I, I would I have a first or a second with that, but I was, I was quite made up with what I had. When you look around, though, at these chrysanthemums on the middle of the table and the big tall ones down the bottom, there's so many different colours and varieties, oh, yes, isn't there? yes, and, and the, I'm always intrigued with the in-curves. They're a beautiful flower. Quite a lot of variation in age. People have come around to have a oh, look, though. Oh, yes, oh, yes. There's, but the, unfortunately, the foot, there's none of them here this year. This last two or three years, someone has brought in... Uh, photograph albums of some of the shows going back into the early days like and the crowds of people that was there it's unbelievable some of the people at the 59th annual two-day chrysanthemum show held at the morton hall in castletown and uh, tricky enough saying it never mind going around and trying to find out more about the chrysanthemums but still so passionate about them they are absolutely stunning aren't they mm. they're gigantic as well and and the amount of effort that's gone into getting the absolute perfect petal for that day is just unbelievable. Yeah, there's there's all tricks and secrets of the trade, isn't there? That not not many people get to know. Don't think I'll be maybe moving into growing flowers just yet. But it's the sale afterwards, though. You can take them home and and enjoy them in a vase or two, and I think that's a great part of it as well. You know, if you don't grow them, you can always go along and buy them, and yeah, it's great. I suppose you know. If, at least with the paint and you can look at it for years to come I suppose with the flowers when you take it home you only see it for a few weeks and that's the end of it isn't it it is but a lot of effort goes in unless you can dry it and preserve it yeah maybe Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual I went along to Central Marts for a quick update with auctioneer Peter Quayle yeah we've had a good range today there's all sorts some dairy bread Anguses uh, that make great bowling heifers and they make good cows for the future. Got some supple calves and one or two older ones, so there's something for everybody. And the prices are still holding up well? Everything has its price. There's got to be a margin for those that buy them. I think everything was sold today, so that's always a good sign. And also there's been some recent on-farm sales with Graham Taylor. He had a lot of nice Aberdeen Angus cattle. Yes, we had a, it's the second year we've done a farm sale and we sell some machinery and equipment as well. But his Angus has got superb. We've got a tremendous bull there and I think the Angus has got renowned for their wonderful meat and eating, so there's always good demand for the Angus type, and they're a bit maybe easier carved and a bit easier looked after as well. That type of beast, they do, they winter well, don't they? And they do on some farms. They wouldn't, well, maybe yours or mine, but uh, on the north or with sandy places, they're thicker coated. Most stock is brought in, and after, like you said, after the way the weather's just changing, most of the stock will be brought in now. But it has been a great three weeks of bonus weather, which a lot of stock has been left out longer than usual. That's a real, real help. But also, the, the sheep trade on farm has been going well. The autumn sheep sales, they, you know, they did power ahead well. Yes, we had some good sales, some great sheep, uh, lots of mules. Um, always the most popular type of sheep, which are the blue-faced Leicester cross on the black-faced ewe. They're just great mothers, great milkers, so they've generally sold well. Once again, maybe not as well as last year, but we have had good sales and all the sheep have been sold. And rams, there just seems to be maybe one or two too many rams around the country. There's so many different breeds and there's only so much market for each of them. And I think the farmers realise now and it's pointless in keeping too many rams because it's just the local trade just isn't there. It's certainly focused as a breeder but uh, also you know if the sheep are selling this time of year there's going to be a good lamb crop next year so looking forward you know the meat plant needs to get itself going well and with our new agricultural minister you know things might look forward. Yes I personally don't know Mr Boot I've met him an odd time but uh, we look forward to his contribution I know he's uh, got lots of good ideas he gets on well with people and he was on the department 
before he became minister, so he's got a good grip of, and he's, he's probably learning. And uh, we look forward to meeting him. And uh, we have asked if he wants to come along to the mart and be pleased to see him and just talk to the farmers. It would be a good way of getting a grip of what's going on. Well, that's is it. And next week, Peter, you've got plenty coming in as well. It starts to back off now, but there are more entered for next week. And uh, it's just good to see a good crowd. And, you know, we've had a good crowd here. It's only a couple of hours, but yeah. it's uh, just great to see everybody and a bit of life and activity in the countryside. That was Peter Quayle, the auctioneer from Central Marts. Well, you've been getting out and about recently, though, Simon, up in the forests and looking for your Christmas tree, maybe. <laughs> Not quite ready for Christmas just yet. I suppose some will have the lights up in the next couple of weeks, won't they? No, there's been a, a bit of talk uh, about some Christmas trees going missing up at the Balaf Glen area, and it does happen quite often, I suppose, around this time of year. But uh, more, uh, I suppose, worrying was the, there was a few ash trees uh, removed from the plantation as well. Well, I caught up with Andrew Sidebottom, the Director of Forestry, Amenity and Lands on the Isle of Man, to find out the seriousness of the situation. We've seen a number of ash trees disappear over the last few months, really, probably six to eight in total. We can only think for firewood purposes. Ash, of course, renowned for burning and, of course, a lot of uh, log burners and things around these days in the houses. Yeah, definitely. But equally, plenty of places to buy suitable timber for your log burners or your fire. What about access? I mean, access to the forests is forbidden by the public and a lot of the gates are locked. Well, forbidden by the public in terms of vehicle access, but massively encouraged by the department for recreational access. So more and more people out here using and enjoying the forests and more, more to do on that front, but equally we need to keep tabs on who's in there and, and doing illegal activities such as removing trees. You wouldn't think they'd be doing it in daytime though, would you? But it'd be a pretty tricky operation in the dark. Yeah, the significant trees that have been removed, it'd be a dangerous operation in the dark and we're, we're stood next to a tree here that's been felled and left hanging up in some other trees. So on top of the fact that we've had trees stolen, the department's also got to do some work now to try and make sure that everywhere's safe. And what about not just ash trees it's christmas trees as well that could be targeted yeah coming up to this time of year in the past we've seen christmas trees disappear we've even seen christmas trees disappear that have been tagged up to go to schools and things in the past which is obviously a real shame and a horrible thing to be doing but we're going to try and increase the number of patrols in the area keep an eye on things a little bit more but would appeal to the public to try and help as well if they can do if they see anything suspicious one thing about it in particular at this time you're still dealing with the outburst of phytophthora remorum that's happening uh, affecting the larch trees mainly but of course you had restrictions on removing wood yourself from the forests yeah we did we've removed an awful lot of timber for the department that's now down in the sawmill or, or stacked in the forest that will be being processed into products, but in terms of moving it around with bark on, it's been a difficult time for firewood. There's been challenges in getting it out disease-free. We also have a debarker in the sawmill, which will mean it's available again as firewood, and stocks are already there of timber that we can sell as firewood, so there's, there is no excuse for removing firewood from the forest. The forests themselves, I mean, it, it's a particularly dangerous task that we mentioned before, and obviously you've got some skilled men on the forestry board and contractors that are doing this job, and that's one of the risks as well, isn't it? I mean, if somebody could easily get hurt up here, and it's not the, I suppose, most easily accessible place. Absolutely. You know, we're, we're halfway up a hillside on a wet, muddy track, on very steep slopes and not only could it be the person involved with the chainsaw that gets hurt but also we've got massive amounts of public access up and down here so the only work you'd expect to see normally in a forest would be with our harvesting contractors in in their huge machinery in terms of the public eye so very obvious that they should be here and any other works signposted marked out 
footpaths are temporarily closed while it's done, so just making sure everyone's safe. So if you do see anything at all strange, please let us know. Wouldn't be quite the Fiat 500 sort of territory for taking the trees away, though, would it? Absolutely not, no. You're definitely into trailers, pickups, van-type equipment so no big scale and what about if anyone sees anything suspicious really please get in touch with the department or the police through crime stoppers 695 701 is the number for the office and we'll make sure somebody gets out and investigates it the wardens are known to keep an eye out we've got other staff keeping an eye out over the weekends and evenings so i'm sure somebody will report it but the best solution of all is for it simply not to happen anymore. Well, away from that side of it, the negative side of it, to the much positive news. I mean, you've had a, a lot to deal with over recent years with the forestry side of the Isle of Man. Yeah, there's lots of positive news. We mentioned before, lots more access, so many more people in the forest, which with activity like this is both dangerous but beneficial because there's extra sets of eyes out there. We're stood in Balaf, looking down the valley towards an area where Island Man Bank supported a volunteer planting scheme last year. So it's an area of native broadleaf woodland that's ever-enhancing, so hopefully it'll be nicer and nicer for people to enjoy. And lots more volunteer work going on, new mountain bike trails, different trails, walking trails, so it's good times. And what about the trees themselves? I know people walk and think, oh, it's such a shame, some of them trees that have fallen in and maybe blocking the streams and causing trouble. Is that an ongoing process? Yeah, it is. Trees inevitably fall over at some point. We extract and deal with it where we can, but equally there's sometimes benefits in leaving trees lying, not so much near the watercourses to avoiding blocking the rivers and, and causing issues that way, but certainly from a biodiversity perspective, if they're safe, sometimes leaving them lying in situ is the best thing to do. What about the next project? Always thinking about something new? <laughs> there's always something <laughs> new around the corner, be it tackling a new disease or enhancing the recreational offering, but... Uh, yeah, I think there'll be a lot more work with volunteers coming forward. Landscape and amenity strategy went through Timwald in July, I think it was, um, which sets out quite a lot more evolution and developments for sustainable benefits, both for the community, the environment and the economy, hopefully. So, busy times. Director of Forestry Amenity and Lands here on the island, Andrew Sidebottom, telling me about the concerns about people taking not just Christmas trees at this time of year, but taking ash trees as well from the forest around the Isle of Man. Of course, uh, him highlighting the the seriousness of it because of of obviously the problems they've had with that Phytophthora ramorum uh, disease that is affecting the large trees, and obviously they couldn't take them out of the forests themselves, Kiri, because of of the bark transmitting more of the mm-hmm. things. So that that's a, a a big worry as well. From Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. There we are, this week's Countryside there. Uh, Forestry, of course, the worry there with the trees getting nabbed and the Christmas trees. And, of course, um, the Chrysanthemum Society show. So uh, another successful one for them. And... uh, more success, hopefully, in the future for Abby Corlett, Kerry. Oh, certainly. She's got a, a good calendar ahead of her for the next year, but uh, for now, the horses are having a well-earned rest. Indeed. We'll be having a rest till next week, so until then, for me, Simon Clark. And me, Kerry Kermode. And we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds, and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being Shaw. Terms and conditions apply.